Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of I'm Horrified. I'm Horrified, a podcast by Sam Buntich and Allie Rayner. I happen to be Allie Rayner. And I'm Sam Buntich. Hi y'all. Hey everyone. Hey both of our moms. Hey both of our moms. Probably going to be the first two. First two listens. So the reason we decided to start this podcast is because we're horrified. And, and we've been horrified for a long time. We, yeah, I think the thing about us is that we we were born horrified. <laughs> and then the nation now is horrified. Um, and we're like, finally. And we're, yeah, we're kind of like, what took you so long? Yeah. You know, we happen to be best friends. Amen. And roommates. Yes. But the thing that unites us most of all is just our shared anxiety about absolutely everything. And with that shared anxiety, hand in hand, mm-hmm. is how we like to scream and laugh about our anxiety. Mm-hmm. And cry a lot. And, and cry, but, like, to mine some humor from it. Yeah, to know? try to find the lightness in what and is... it's hard. Yeah, what is objectively a complete dumpster fire yeah. of just being alive right now. Here's the thing. The whole universe is chaos. Chaos. And nothing means anything. But we started a podcast and let's go. <laughs> and also, like, not even politically. Not yeah. politic. like... No, I mean the foundations of this we know. We know you're gonna go there. You know, we might go there. But that's not even what we're talking. We're not even talking about the current political climate specifically. No. We're talking about just the vastness. And the randomness. The vastness of randomness. The fate or lack thereof. Absolutely. There's just no way to know. And it's like we're we're born from nothing and we'll die and be nothing. Mm-hmm. Alone. Just out to sea. Which brings us... What a good transition. To, I know. <laughs> the best podcast of all time. Which brings us to our first episode, which is covering... The Deep Ocean. And women's pants. Two plaguing topics. <laughs> Two equally important topics. Two equally important topics, both equally covered by science. Yes. Um, that we just figured is a good place to start. Yeah, if we if we have to start somewhere. These two things. This felt like the beginning. And I think we both... I think I'm more horrified by the deep ocean than you are. Is that true? Yeah, I'm not super horrified by the... I mean, it's like, do I want to be in the deep ocean? Not super. No, me neither. But... But me neither to a, a much more yeah. serious degree. Yeah. Let me give you some background. So Please deep do. ocean. I'm scared of the normal ocean. You are. So we can start there. And the first parlay into that fear was I was at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. There's a Jaws ride there uh-huh. for the movie Jaws. I've heard of it. So I went on the Jaws ride. I was probably, I want to say eight. I think I was 12 or 13. But it, but it feels, felt like you were Yeah, eight. it feels like an eight. You reverted to a child's yeah. mindset when you were on this Jaws ride. And so I think you're in a boat and you're just moving and it's... But just to clarify, you're not in a real boat. You're on a track. In a... It's a track. Yeah. yeah I it's think, a ride. I mean, to my experience, <laughs> it was it was real. You were on the It was very ocean. real. Again, I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> so... Or, to 13. Or 13. So it brings you... There's really no narrative. It just brings you through water and then... A life-size replica of the Jaws shark. Does it have a name? I assume Jaws. I don't think that's the name. You, I always assume. I don't that think was they the name. name it. I don't know that I've seen the full film. I only saw it last year, and that's not important. Long story short, it was very traumatic uh-huh. for me. Absolutely. I had trouble swimming anywhere. Uh huh. Swimming pools, which I get, I learned after the fact, they can't be in swimming pools. No, but the chlorine um, is probably messes them up. Yeah, and like, how would they get in there? But <laughs> but yeah, so. I really didn't like swimming in the ocean. I was scared of the things that were under there. Like, and ju- this is just surface level. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that happened in 2003 is the movie Open Water, mm. parentheses 2003. Yeah. Which 
was I, again i didn't see these are a bunch of movies i didn't see that really <laughs> and, shaped and it's good that you didn't see them clearly yeah and i think i saw jaws last year it uh-huh. was okay but like i still never seen open water do we all remember open water was a movie and it was just about these two people who were i think scuba diving mm-hmm. or like deep sea diving mm-hmm. with a group and i assume the open ocean in the open water ocean and so then the the group just, like, leaves them there. And, like, the teenage guy who's supposed to be checking off all the names doesn't get their names and just leaves them in the fucking open ocean. That was a bad move. And then they get eaten by sharks. (laughs) And I don't know how that's, like, a a (laughs) two-and-a-half-hour movie, but that happens, and I, like, I can't deal with it. So, like, that's just the ocean in general. Okay, I don't want to divert you anymore from your facts, but have you ever seen the film The Perfect Storm? No. Okay. So don't ever see it, is A. But I'm just going to lay out for you how it ends, because you're about to scream. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, The Perfect Storm is about, like, the crew of a fishing boat out of Gloucester, Mass. Oh, local. Starring George Clooney and Marky Mark. Um, Obviously. Obviously starring George Clooney and Marky Mark. And they, like, they go out, like, one last fishing expedition, I guess, and there's this awful storm, arguably the perfect storm. Oh. And they, like, shouldn't have gone out, but they totally do. And they get stuck in the storm, and, like, the Coast Guard tries to save them, and they can't do it. The boat goes down, and it's sinking, sinking, sinking. Uh, and only one guy, Marky Mark, gets out as it's sinking. Oh, no. And, like, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, but, like, one of the last shots is just, like, Marky Mark in the ocean. Uh. No one is around. <gasps> and it's just, like, panning out, panning out, panning out, panning out, panning out. And he dies. And he dies. But, like, you don't you don't even see him go under. You just see, like, his little head. He knows. And he knows he's gonna, he knows he's dead. He's dead. And he just has to, like, let himself drown at some point. Oh, my God. And that's the end of the movie. I hate that. It's made easier for me by the fact that I don't really care for Mark Wahlberg. No, me neither. But, but George Clooney also dies, and he's, I think, more likable. I, w- I would mourn him. But, but just, so, so never see that movie. I won't see it. I, but that's that's exactly it. That's the fear. But let's delve a little bit. Delve. Dive. Let's get into it. You're the, the master of transitions today. <laughs> I know. The deep sea is different. So first of all, there are 58 million square miles of land, of land mass covering the earth. Cool. The thing about that is there's 103 million square miles of ocean. Yeah. I'm no mathematician. That feels like double the amount. That feels like just about double. And I right? did not, like, I know oceans are big. This sounds stupid. I know oceans are big. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think we think, could all agree. I didn't, it didn't occur to me that there's, like, more ocean than there is Earth. Yeah. So first off, if there's some sort of war between us, they win. <laughs> between just the ocean? Yes. Like, if they, okay. if it becomes... Us and them. Like, mer people or, like, if the ocean rises? I don't know. Okay. It's not... It's just a question of when. Okay. Not a question of what. <laughs> all right. But all we right. definitely become... We're now in service to them, if that happens. Do you understand what I'm saying? I so, do. like, if I there's do. if there's any kind of standoff between the yeah. sea and the land... Yep. Bamo. Sea wins. Okay. So let's start there. There's different levels of the sea, and I have them here. So the first one is, and I'm so sorry to the very large deep sea marine biologist community that is listening to the podcast for my mispronunciation of these. They'll forgive you. So the first one is epiplegic. And Mm -hmm. so that's the top. That's where those people who drowned are swimming. You know, George Mm -hmm. Clooney, the two people from open water. That's where they're kicking around. Okay. That's where the sharks come to eat them. Scary in its own right. And then there's the mesopelagic a bit further down. 
still fish there. People can still get there. Okay. Still scary. And then there's the bathopelagic. Ooh, that is that warm and, like, comfy? Like a bath? No. Oh. Mm-mm. It's misleading. That's almost total darkness. There's still, there's still light, but it's very dark. Now I'm starting to freak out, not because I'm afraid of the ocean, because I'm very afraid of the dark. I'm so, also afraid of the dark. So the idea of being, like, in water and you can't see anything, that is a little spooky to me. Well, I have some good news for you that will come later. Okay. Which is, I'll just, I'll get there. So underneath bathopelagic is abyssopelagic. So the abyss. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right? The abyssopelagic zone. And that's, like, that's it, man. Like, is, that's, is that the bottom? That's, like, the bottom. Ugh. So that is complete. A darkness we'll never understand. And, and maybe it we shouldn't. And it's also, well, we can't. This is Good. the silver lining, is that <laughs> it's also completely freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Completely freezing cold. But it's not ice. It's no, no. But it's maybe, how is it freezing if it... Again, I'm no scientist. <laughs> I don't claim to be. Maybe it's, like, close enough to the core of the Earth that, like, the core of the Earth's keeping it, like, just above freezing. Maybe. I'm also not a scientist. I don't... <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. I don't think we have to put that on there. But but the, the great thing about it is that if for some reason we ended up down there, dead in a minute. Really? Dead in a minute. We'd be so dead. Just because the... also, the other thing that I did read a lot about but did not understand mm-hmm. was the pressure down there. Yeah. The amount of pressure affects the climate. And I I don't know why. I couldn't understand what it is they were trying to get across. Like, all of the, the life that lives down there is accustomed to it. Yeah. So for so many reasons, it's like deep space. Mm-hmm. You would just die immediately. Plants can't live down there. So if, like, a ficus can't live down there, like, we can't live down there. Does anything live down there? Yes. So plants can't, but they've pulled things out of there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know how any of this happens. Like, yeah. I don't know who how studies would, it. How would you even know there's stuff down there? Yeah. How does, like, the Planet Earth crew get down there? Because there was a lot of things that they're like, there's no way to know all of these things mm-hmm. that we know. And I'm like, so how do you know them? Like, <laughs> who told you this? Who told you about what's down there? You Maybe know what it I mean? Mermen. Maybe mer- mermen's just like, here's what's up. But they can't cite mermen as a source. And you laughed when I said that they would <laughs> they would eventually best us okay. in battle. I think if mermen are real, they would definitely I'm not saying they wouldn't best us in battle. I'm saying I'm not sure that but, mermen are real. But if they were. But if they were, I do think we'd all be dead. Yes. Yeah. You're right. But would it ever come to that? Because if we don't go in the water, can they come on land? Mm. Well, if they can, like, make the ocean swell, like, tsunami style, <gasps> then they can get up onto, like, our coast cities. Which already happens. Which happens. Horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> so back to deep sea, though. So there's dinosaurs down there. Are they- And uh, so they're basically- Yes, they are dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> they are. I don't like that, but, but okay. they are, but they're so, like, when they pull things out of the ocean, it's like, oh, this is the same as the fossil that we had <laughs> 70 million years ago. I don't think anything should be alive for that long. I think in 70 million years, the human race shouldn't exist anymore. It hasn't been alive for- Well, yes. But then I think this- I think it hasn't been alive. It's not like the thing has been alive No, 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 I know, I know. But I just but mean, yeah. like, there should be evolution up in here. I agree. But so the evolution of them is just, it's, it's like, slowed down because every, nothing, there's no seasons down there. There are no seasons. There is no change to the amount of light, warmth, what have you, Mm -hmm. down on the 
floor of the ocean. Oh, also, I missed a zone. You missed a zone? So, below... <laughs> There's one below the yeah, abyss one? below abyssopelagic is hadopelagic, and that's the, the jagged crevices that stretch further beneath abyssopelagic, which is where my own personal nightmares are born. <laughs> like, that is where the <laughs> deepest, most horrifying crevices of darkness are. Is there stuff in there? We don't know. <laughs> We don't know, Sam. We can't know. Okay. Um, did I forget to mention, we've only explored 5% of the ocean. So we know there's just spooky stuff down there, but we only know 5% of the spooky stuff that's even down there? 95% spooky, correct. <laughs> there's no way for us to know. I mean, there is a way. We keep exploring. Should we, though? <laughs> and most, also, most of this information is sourced from Wikipedia and one particular BuzzFeed article. Mm-hmm. So we might have made scientific, scientific strides since then. Yeah. But what, for the most part. What I'm going to say, I'm just going to put down a blanket statement right now. And it's, if you're interested in anything we talk about, absolutely go Google it yourself. Yeah. None of this is vetted. Yeah. Yeah. It's as accurate as we can make it sound. Absolutely. But so we were talking about... The things that live down there. Because things do live down there. Plants can't live down there. Mammals can't, I don't think. I hope not. But no, that's not true. Uh, I'm not sure. But so, so what happens is there's, there's creatures, crustacean creatures, mm. prehistoric mon- monsters, right? Just, mon- just monsters. <laughs> just straight up monsters. Um, and so what they do, they eat something called marine snow. Sam, tell me what you think that is. Marine snow um, sounds like it could be... I'm going to go with a couple guesses. A very pretty girl who went to my high school. Marine snow. Wrong. Okay. What if it's... Oh, it's very cold down there. What if some of the water does become ice and it falls in a beautiful pattern? Great idea. Wrong. Okay. Is it just like plankton and stuff? I'll just tell you. Yeah. So basically, since living things can't get down there, except for the things that are living, they feed off of the decaying biological matter of things that die above them. So like the guys in the perfect storm. I didn't think about that, but yes. (laughs) So eventually, they float, like, so if a fish dies, it has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it goes down. Which is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. The snow of nightmares. Oh my god. So that's just what they eat. It's just everything dead in the whole world. And then the other thing is that there's a... There's this phenomenon called deep sea gigantism. I'm... Okay, so let's just (laughs) stop right now. I'm already out. I know you're gonna explain it, but I'm out already. (laughs) So the other thing that they call it is abyssal gigantism. Gross. (laughs) The word abyss comes up a lot, which uh, that makes sense, which means that deep sea dwelling creatures display a larger size than their shallow water counterparts, which in layman's terms means that everything down there is a monster. And nobody knows why that is, um, but the internet has a couple guesses. Oh, One has to do with the pressure, which I already said I don't understand. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go to the second theory, uh-huh. which is that since food is so scarce... Evolution has slowed down the sexual maturation of the living creatures down there. Mm. So it takes them longer to become ready to, like, reproduce and make more living creatures because there's not enough food for everyone. Mm -hmm. Since that takes a long time, everything just gets larger and larger and larger. So, like, the giant squid, Mm -hmm. that's that. 
Ah. That's deep sea gigantism or abyssal gigantism. That huge spider crab thing that they found. I don't want to Google it. That, you don't. Okay. (laughs) Like, that's, that's also deep sea gigantism. And those are just the two that we know about. Like, tell me about a sea, any sea creature. A dolphin. No, it's a mammal. We don't know what's down there. <laughs> no, giant So, like, dolphin. I said there's no mammals, but I don't, I don't know. Oh, man. What giant dolphin down there. Pufferfish. Giant pufferfish. Next. Oh, like, God. what else? Like, there's more. And I mean, if there are more people, they're fucking 17 feet tall. Oh, my God. Okay? So that's they would how tall they are. win in the land-sea battle we were talking about. What did I say? Yes. <laughs> Everything down there is poised to kill us. Oh, God. Have you seen the Spongebob Scorpions movie? Yes, I have. Do you know when they fall to the deep bottom of the ocean, and there's all these monsters, and they sing, now that we're men, and the giant monsters sing with them, and they have the fake mustaches that are kelp? Yeah, that's 2035. That's 2035. That's, that's what we're looking at. That's what it's yeah. like down there, <laughs> is that scene in Spongebob, except not fun. That's and what's gonna happen to us. Spongebob and Patrick would have died because of the pressure. Yeah, well, there are at least sea creatures. Even, like, in, like, Finding Nemo, they see, like, an anglerfish. Which one's an anglerfish? The one with the scary thing at the top. Like, oh, the like the light? Like, the light? Yeah. They wouldn't have gotten there. Oh, they would have died. They would have, yeah, they can't swim that far down. Because, yeah, the things that are that far down, the only light that exists in some capacity mm-hmm. is there's a glowing, pulsating, neon light that mm-hmm. comes from bacteria. Yeah. In order for those anglerfish and other fish to lure prey in. But, like, what prey? Like, what? <laughs> like, what are they luring? Oh, God. Like, what? And, like, how far down could a, could a fish get? And so that makes me say, like, if I was a fish, you know. You'd swim for the light. I would swim down, and I would be like, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would just go down and, and try to explore, and it's just, like, the, the mouth of water hell, like, down there. And you can swim far down enough that everything is horrible, horrible, horrible. That's all I have to say about the deep ocean. I'm horrified now. Yeah. I wasn't when we started this conversation. Yeah. Now I'm deeply upset. I'm deeply upset, like, deep ocean. Deep sea upset. Hey. Hey. It's funny, because I'm going to have a nightmare. (laughs) I think it just, it's all tied together, because I don't have any reason, and that's the thing that I can cling to, is if I was down there for any reason... You'd be dead. If I got lost and just ended up there, like, oh, (laughs) dead in a minute. And that's another Spongebob episode when he goes to, uh... Rock bottom? Rock bottom. Yep. So if that happened to me, <laughs> I could sort of sleep in the solace knowing that death would release me from that immediately. <laughs> yeah. death to do that Yeah, it is. Oh, and I'm cautiously optimistic about that. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet release of death. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> How do you feel about that? The sweet release of death. <laughs> Not that. I mean, yeah. Because you're a beach girl. I'm you a beach girl. Beach. I mean, I've never gotten that deep in the ocean, and I don't really go out on open. I, like, I'm a beach girl. Like, you're near the beach. So like, you're a sand you girl. I'm, I'm a sand... I'm, I'm a where the water meets the sand girl. Ooh. Sounds like a, an adult novel. <laughs> I was gonna say, maybe it's a Lana Del Rey song. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it's also me. It's also my new brand. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of brands... You know it has brands sometimes. Is it our, Is it time for our next topic? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I'm. You were such a transition queen. This is good enough. I'm trying to be a transition queen as well. Tell us about pants, Sam. <laughs> All... You know, you know what I mean? Like, femmes, listen up out there. Okay. But then also, male identifying people... You should also listen, because this is going to be a window into a into a world that you don't understand. That's very true. That's very true. And it, and it, for some of you, maybe it is a world that you partially understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But not the same way. Because men's pants, the sizes make some sense. They do. Women's pants, which is our next segment, less so. So I'd just like to start this conversation by, and I'm not, I don't want to hyperbolize right now. I want us to be both dead serious. How many times have you cried in a dressing room in a mall? I'm going to not hyperbolically say 25. Oh, I'm going to not hyperbolically say one out of every three times I've been in a dressing room. Yes, absolutely. That's and I don't know how to, I don't know how to make that. A number. A number. Yeah. But you get it. And I think the big reason why is because as a femme identifying person, when you go into a dressing room, you have to go with just a variety of random things. Anywhere from two sizes to five sizes. Yes. And just try them all on your body, knowing in your heart that four at least, if not Mm -hmm. all five of them, will not pay you. Yeah. And why is it like that? Why are women's pants sized so nonsensically? Why am I a six in one place and a 14 in another place? And then an extra, extra large in a third place. Why is this? And let us just say, there is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those sizes. No. I don't care what size I am, but it's the whiplash from one to another. It's the fact that... It's walking into a store in a size 12 pant, trying on the size 12 in that store, and being like, this won't get past my knees. Yes, exactly. Cool, 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 cool. You know what never does that to me? Old Navy. Really? I am... A French runway model at Old Navy. (laughs) I am the most confident bitch in Old Navy because everything fits and is too big. I gotta go to Old Navy. And thank God. And it's just like whenever I go to Old Navy, I'm like a six. Listeners out there, you can't see me, but I'm not a six. (laughs) So like that, and and you know what? And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with me not being six, but every so often it's kind of, it was kind of nice to just be like, oh, you know, yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to worry. And I think that's something like we both struggle mm-hmm. with body image, which is not uncommon of anyone, of any person. You know, and I think that's. Person. I think that's where the crying comes from, and where the the internal struggle comes from is. I'm not allowed to feel good in any of these things. Yes, and it's like pants that are made for male-identified people are your waist measurement and your leg measurement. A non-judgmental measurement. And you... Just a measurement. You know store to store, like, maybe there'll be a little bit of changing, but mm-hmm. basically, like, if you're a 3832 or whatever, like, you're gonna be a 3832. Yeah, because that number is linked to a fact. Yes. Because that's the thing, that's the thing about size, is that it's not a judgmental thing. It's, this is how many inches are around my waist. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's all it is. Yeah. So, I became very curious about, like, why that is. Why do male-identifying people get to just have a non-judgmental thing Mm -hmm. and there sometimes I go into stores and there are triple zeros right why is my world like this right um and here is what I found out thank you a time magazine article that I read so women sizing initially did not really exist because all women pretty much could sew (gasps) true so they just didn't need to measure things out like they measured things out for men because they couldn't sew. They because no man can sew or read or read <laughs> or do math. So yeah. it was really on the women to take care of this. And sizing standards really just focused on the bust. That kind of had to be right, but everything else they assumed a woman could just take in. So then in like the 30s or 40s they started to want sizing standards and they came up with just the dumbest ones where like if you were a size 16 it meant you were 16 years old like they do for toddlers now what so like 
So it was like, oh yeah, like I'm 13, so I'll buy a size 13? What? Every 13-year-old's the same size? That's not true. Maybe it was true. <laughs> Maybe it was true in the 30s. I don't 30s. think it was. <laughs> I don't think it was. So then we get to 1939, and the Department of Agriculture is like, we really want standardized sizing for women's clothes. We're in all these wars. It will be helpful. And they measure 15,000 women to try to get, like, some base measurements. Now, you might be thinking, which woman did they measure? Let me tell you, they were all white, and most of them were poor because they needed the stipend that came from measurements. So so they got not at all a cross-section of women and based all the sizes on that. And it again focused on bust size because they were assuming every woman was an hourglass shape. Not true. So they were like, if your bust is 38, then your hips are 38. Ah, progressive, you know, (laughs) the years that have gone by, because now you can be any shape from a pear (laughs) to an apple, an apple, any fruit you can think of, Mm -hmm. you could be it. You can be any shape you want. Just remember that. You can be any fruit you want. Women's magazines tell me I'm a pear. Women's magazines tell me that I shouldn't eat anymore. Yeah. (laughs) For the most part. That too. So that existed. It was not that good. Now we're at the late 40s, and the National Bureau of Standards are like, we're really going to do it this time. <laughs> so <laughs> We're sorry about what happened. We're sorry about that last time. Yeah. It's happening. Burn your pants. <laughs> we're doing it again. So they go to measure women. Which women do they measure, you might be wondering. They measured only women who work for the Air Force. So the no. most fit women... <laughs> exists. What if I don't fit in an airplane? (laughs) What pants do I wear? You don't get pants. That's ridiculous. You better be able to sew. But so they measure all these Air Force women. They arbitrarily come up with sizes from 8 to 38. What? (laughs) (laughs) And then those go regular tall short. Fine. That's like when I walk in and and there's like this. I think they're European sizes. If I see like a 43, I I walk out of the store. I put the pants back (laughs) down. I get so tired. I leave them all. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I have to Google like European sizes. Yeah. I just want to go to Adelia's and have things be simple again. You know I worked at Adelia's. I know that. And I wish it still existed. So like at Adelia's, a lot of times I would be bringing jeans in because we had lots of jeans. And she wouldn't try them on if they were a size over mm-hmm. what she wanted. These are girls who were growing. Mm-hmm. They were getting older. They were having growth spurts. And I remember doing that. And my mom would be, hi, mom, would always be, like, sort of standing there angrily, like, can you sit down in those? And I'd be, like, <laughs> literally gasping for breath. Like, yeah, I can sit down in these. They're an eight. I'm an eight. And she'd be, like, sit down in them. And I'd be, like, no, I don't have to. <laughs> and we would fight. And I would cry. And then we leave the coals. Like, that happened so many times. <laughs> Too many to count. It's just, it's a whole thing. The Bureau of Statistics, they were like, we're really doing it this time. They had regular tall short, which is great. But then they also had, I found this very interesting, girth. Ooh. So then you were either a plus or a minus. <laughs> what a word. <laughs> what a word. <laughs> but, like, in theory, I, I almost understand that. Okay, if you're yeah. a tall woman, but you're also very skinny you'd get like a minus sign to show like this is for like a person and like if you're shorter but a little bigger then you get a plus like i kind of get it which is better than nothing i suppose don't call it girth (laughs) any other word would be appropriate width is better (laughs) well i like width not preferred but better more to love like myspace MySpace. when you would have to describe your body on myspace my dating the podcast (laughs) Not at all. We all get it. It's 2013. We all know what's up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
So that obviously didn't last that long, especially because vanity sizing became a thing. Mm. So it just, Tell me about what that is. Vanity sizing is, the National Bureau of Statistics comes up with these sizes, and they're like, you're an eight. That's what your size is. And then a store, I'm going to say Kohl's. I don't know that Kohl's ever did this, but we all have memories in a Kohl's. I bet they did. Kohl's will be like, so really this is an eight, but we want people to come here to feel uh, glamorous and small. Right. So what's really an eight, we're going to call it a six. (gasps) And then when you go into Kohl's and an eight's huge on you and a six fits, you go, I'm going to come to Kohl's every day for the rest of my life. I'm going to open up a Kohl's credit card (laughs) and ruin my credit. And every store started doing that, and they started doing it more and more and more to the point where triple zero now is, like, what a four was at one point. Just crazy. And every store does it differently. I've seen a meme a lot on the internet. I don't know if you guys are familiar with memes. Memes on the internet? Memes on the internet. (laughs) But there's one that's, like, Marilyn Monroe was a size 12, like, love your body. Well, like, thanks to vanity sizing, nowadays she would have been a size 6, which makes more sense if you think about how her body looks and how your friends who are a size 6 look. And also, honey's out there, it's okay not to be yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Be every size. Yeah, be whatever size you want, and don't be addicted to pills. Yeah. You know? Even better. You I don't... would have rather Marilyn Monroe was a size 22 and was not addicted to pills. Yeah. But, like, that's just confused everything more, because every store's like, well, you're a six, well, I'm a four. Well, you're a four, well, I'm a two. Well, you're a two, well, I'm a zero. And women just bounce around these stores, like... Crying. <laughs> just crying. Just crying every day. Screaming. Just screaming into the void. Standing between an anthropology <laughs> and a loft God. and a banana republic just wailing in the middle. I just remember I never would willingly set foot in a Hollister. You wouldn't? I would not go into a Hollister. I would not do it. Every jean and pair and shirt even. For me, it felt like I was a giant deep sea creature callback <laughs> because there was you know i was feeding off dead animals yeah and no. i was a giant i feel that i did go in there a lot i just would shoehorn myself into it and be desperately uncomfortable yeah desperately uncomfortable so uncomfortable i remember feeling these feelings and i was like <clears throat> 11 yeah that's horrible. so young that girls so are feeling like they have to stretch themselves into these little tiny things because the universe is like, that's the only way that you're valid. And, like, we were in middle school in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. And I think that was a time where the beauty standards were even more, like, Kate Moss. Yeah. Yep. Skinny, skinny, skinny. Yeah. Whereas, like, now we have a different shitty brand yeah. of beauty and it's, like, Kardashian, like, you have to have a really defined hourglass, which is equally hard to attain. Exactly. Do you want to hear something that makes me cautiously optimistic? Please. So cautious. <laughs> this optimism is the most cautious I've ever been. A shred of hope. <laughs> One tiny shred falling to the sea for animal sea. <gasps> oh. um, I took a lot from your talk earlier. You listened. I really <laughs> did. Um, in some places, and they're weirdly doing this more with men's suits, they're bringing 3D scanners into stores. And you step into the 3D scanner. What? And it, like, rotates all the way around you. <gasps> Here's literally what size your body is. Oh, my Here God. It is. I love that. And then, in theory, the store will be able to just, like, look at it and be like, Here's what you should put on your body. 3D print your pants. <laughs> Literally that at some point. Yeah. But at least for now, it can be like, so you should try on these guys and you won't have to worry about like, oh man, is it a, am I a 12 or am I a 12 tall or am yeah. I a 12 short or am I a 14? According to the body scan we did, here's three things that should fit you. Try them, see what you think. I love that. If it's used for good. 
Feels like a lot of overhead for the retail stores that I usually go to. Yes, but they're going to have so many less people crying in their dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. And that's going to increase productivity. Do you think that the the people who work at the retail stores know? I mean, I, what am I saying? I worked at a retail store. I watched, I didn't see as much crying. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of fighting. Mm. I saw 12-year-old girls. Absolutely. With their moms getting into very quiet, like, you will not talk to me in, that, in, this, in this way. <laughs> like, do not use that tone with me. Like, that, yeah. I heard that a lot. I think they must know. They must know. Sometimes, like, I'll catch the eye of a person working in a dressing room, and they'll be like, that looks so cute on you. And I'll be like, thanks, I needed they, that today. Because they see the tears running down your face. Because <laughs> they just see, like, the look of desperation. hmm And also, and I don't even need to get into this right now, but give women's pants pockets. Oh, God. This has been played out, I think. Yeah, like, we don't people even need talk to about go there. It. We don't, just putting it out there. Make pockets. If your pocket can't fit an iPhone, you're irrelevant. Burn it in a fireplace. Burn it in a fireplace. Why do they do that to us? I just feel mad now. I shouldn't have even brought it up because I'm going to be hyped up the whole day. I'm so angry. I've got pockets everywhere right now. Oh, those are good pants. Yeah. Let me describe these to you, dear listeners. They're gray <laughs> and they're very comfy. They're from a loft and they got pockets. That's all you need to know. And I feel happy in them. That's, you know what? That's what's most important. My size is happy. <laughs> and also somewhere between a 12 and a 14. <laughs> Depending. Sometimes a 10 at Banana Republic. Thank Ooh. you. Thanks, Banana Republic. I feel so tired after all these talks. I'm so tired. I mean, every time I think about the whole world, I feel tired. And that's what we'll leave you with. <laughs> Join us next week. Where we'll get horrified all over again. Yeah, stay horrified. Stay horrified. Stay horrified.